We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Gets it, spins away, baseline shot, Shea puts it in, and walks it off in OKC. Giddy keeps it himself and takes it up as he glides with the finger roll. What is up, Thunder fans, and welcome to the uncontested Summer League post-game podcast. I am your host for tonight, Taylor Peterson, you can find me on Twitter at Taylor underscore P15. Same for threads and all the other ridiculous social media sites that we have going on right now. But that's irrelevant. I'm joined by none other than the guy I've missed. It's been a very long, what, a little over 24 hours since we've been together. No, be real. You're you're sick of me. The Vegas man himself, Nicholas Crane. Taylor, this game had different guys not been available to play. This post-game podcast might look a lot different. That is uh that's fair. That's fair. We we lucked out compared to our good friend Justin, uh, who had quite quite the post-game to cover last he, night. But he, he got did the it. non-contract he did guys last night. Job. Justin's so good about that stuff. Like he he just finds like different angles to take and uh, is able to really do a, a, a great job covering those things. I, I thought he did a really good job last night, but Nonetheless, like I said, Nick, we got very lucky getting to cover a fun game tonight when a lot of the Thunder players played. Uh, the Thunder ended up defeating the the Summer League Pacers ninety eight to ninety or sorry ninety eight to eighty seven. Before we get any further, we are a proud part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and DailyThunder.com. And if you don't already, as you hear us say all the time, please be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast leave us a five-star rating be greatly appreciated we have some giveaways coming up soon again it's that time of the year so be sure to uh lock in give us those five-star reviews and we will uh, reward you for doing so if you uh you know depending on how many uh put in five-star reviews and um do a little lottery we'll try and everybody give loves free stuff tp exactly exactly and then again we're on twitter instagram youtube facebook tiktok threads you name it we're there please give us a follow because we are putting out some awesome content especially over the, the past couple of weeks we've been so excited about the engagement that we've been getting um it's just really awesome and we appreciate all of you tuning in right now um to this live stream as well as all of our social media channels so that's all the uh, boring stuff nick <laughs> like i said we have a very very exciting post game to break down and just watching this game in general um just has me so excited as a thunder fan this is the second game now that we are breaking down uh, post-Vegas, and I just want to give a quick shout-out to everyone. Uh, like I said, tuning in right now to this live stream. I mean, we already are at ridiculous numbers, and we're like three minutes, 30 seconds in. Um, and all of you who just were out there in Vegas, um, you know, Victor, um, Carrie, you know, we got to meet you all in person, which was awesome. We got to meet a huge group in person for that first uh, Thunder G League, or sorry, the- thunder um summer league game and then getting to be there in the the blue wire studio and, and see people outside watching us was just incredible uh, not to mention all the interaction that we've gotten with posting that content like it's it just uh, extremely humbling for me it makes me even more excited to break this game down nick and uh, like i said we're back doing this virtually but i had a ton of fun with you justin jacob just getting to spend that time together in general and then also getting to 
know, be there together and get to podcast and break down this ex- extremely fun team. Uh, StreamYard is almost as good as the Blue Wire Studio, yeah? Yeah, I mean, it's close. Almost still the same? It's close, especially when you have Justin doing our graphics like this and like these overlays, which is just ridiculous. But dude, the GOAT. The best, the best. But like I said, Nick, extremely, extremely fun summer league game that we get to break down, which I was not expecting, to be completely honest with you. I was kind of thinking it was going to be kind of, you know, like kind of like last night. Um, I saw Chet was playing. Uh, Joe Masato tweeted that out. I was like, okay, cool. Chet's going to play, but like maybe Chet's going to play with the roster that we saw last night. That was not the case. It was a pretty full roster, and they played a lot of the majority of the game. So before we get any further, my main five takeaways, Nick, and we'll get into these here in a second, but the main one, or sorry, not the main one, but the first one I have here is the Oos is loose. I mean, Usman looked fantastic. Everything we had talked so much about in person in Vegas that we wanted to see from him through this latter part of Vegas Summer League, we saw tonight. Chet domination, very, very similar to that first point with Oos. Uh, we saw a lot more of Chet being more comfortable on both ends of the floor and I mean, just translated fantastically, especially against more elite competition. And then Keontae Johnson feels like an NBA player. We'll get into Keontae Johnson, his last two games, but especially tonight, uh, playing with some of the more, I hate putting it this way, but higher level players. Yeah. Butler can hoop, but is it with OKC? It's my fourth one. And then Kaysen and Jay Will reinforce their fit with this iteration of the Thunder. Neither of them with flashy stat lines, but I thought they just showed how well they can fit almost seamlessly with this Thunder squad. So again, like, I started to try and go through like a step-by-step uh, first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter. But honestly, it, it was just a lot of fun. And, and I don't think we really need to do that, but just some pregame notes really quick. Chet ended up playing and I couldn't help but wonder, Nick, and I'm curious your thoughts on this. If the Thunder wanted him to play tonight specifically because Jairus Walker and why am, why am I going blank on the Kentucky player? She boy. Anyway, thank you. Two strong bigs, uh, very physical. I couldn't help but wonder if they wanted to see Chet up against uh, two bigs like that, especially in the starting lineup, um, and how he would match up against them. I think um, in Thunder fashion, this was probably by design. I, I'm, I'm sure there was some notation internally that that there was matchups they wanted to see Chet play. Um, that said, given the, the roster they rolled out last night versus tonight, where it was like everybody and then nobody besides like the true rookies last night um this is probably pre-planned like they they knew the back-to-back was going to happen they had to pick which one of those two they wanted to play the guys um i mean they're playing their primary summer league guys late into this event like there's a lot of teams that have already shut their primary guys down so um i think it was probably pre-planned maybe they picked this game versus that one because of what you mentioned like two physical bigs but um I don't think that a Chet good or bad game would have dictated whether his summer is done now, but I would really guess that after the performance he had, like that's it for Chet. Like, I don't know about Oos and some of the other guys. I mean, Oos was just as good, but I get the sense that that was without a doubt the last game we see some of those guys. Almost like the summer league finale. And I, I absolutely, yeah. especially after tonight, I get that, that feeling as well. Now, Trey Mann, obviously out. Uh, Joe Masato tweeted this out last night. Not today, but a small fracture in his right middle finger. <laughs> kind of funny. Um, <laughs> but thankfully, it's not a long-term injury. Uh, he's expected to return to basketball activities in two weeks. JRE acted for the first time all summer. We saw him mm. come in the first quarter, get into that a little bit. And then the starters for both teams I wanted to break down because I thought it was pretty interesting. For OKC, it was Kaysen Wallace, a point guard, which I loved. Uh, Jared Butler at shooting guard, Usman Jang at small forward, Jay, or, and again, these are, you know, position, positionless basketball, but uh, Us at the three, Jay Will, uh, and then Chet was the starting five for OKC. And then Isaiah Wong out of Miami, who I've liked for a long time. It, it's cool to see him get a chance. I'm curious where he kind of ends up. I'm, I'm not sure if he's been signed to a two-way yet with the Pacers, but Isaiah Wong out of Miami uh, for the Pacers, Ben Shepard, who you and I both have liked a lot for a while now, Nick. Uh, Kendall Brown out of Baylor, uh, a player who I've also liked for quite a while. Jairus Walker and uh, Oscar Schwebe, like you mentioned, like just a very solid starting five for that Pacers uh, team, minus like Andrew Nimbard and and um, why am I going blank on their six? Thank you, Ben Matherin. 
Yeah, Nim- Nimhard was like like Matherin's had a kind of a rough summer league. Nimhard was the reason they won their first few games because he is like elite, elite floor general, especially at the summer league level. Like he was he was too good for, for summer league from day one. Like that there was a reason that they were so so good with him in the lineup in summer league is because he just most summer league teams turn the ball over a bunch. He was the reason they were so good. If he would have played tonight, it would have been even more interesting. Like, I don't know if Oklahoma City wins with him in the lineup, but nonetheless, um, still a super exciting roster. Like maybe the maybe the most fun game in terms of like who actually stepped on the floor for both teams in Oklahoma City's entire summer league, Salt Lake or Vegas alike. I agree completely, and like you said, and especially in comparison to uh, the players that the Thunder were playing, like you know. Last night uh, against Houston could have been a great game, but like both players really, or sorry, both teams really set their players. Um, and so tonight was incredible. And Nick, I'm so jealous. You know, I, I talked to you guys so much about this, but like even during like the first Wimby game, I loved at halftime. I went and sat in the Cox, uh, Cox court just to, to I, I love that closer, almost like the intimacy uh, of that, that Jim brings and get to see that Thunder team. And, and like such an incredible game between the the Thunder and the Pacers there in that in that court. Like I'm I'm really jealous that we weren't there to be able to witness that. Should have stayed, TP. I know, I know, we could have. We were two days late. But regardless, like I said, like we could go a quarter by quarter breakdown. I don't even think it's worth it, Nick. Because, no, because there's just so much breakdown here. My first one here, my first main point is that the Oos is loose. We talked a lot about this while we were live together in Vegas, Nick. Like we want to see a little more aggression out of Usman Jang. And my gosh, did we get it? And we got it from like the very first possession that he had the ball in his hands when he drives and he gets like a monster dunk with like, what was it? Four minutes into there, maybe less than that into the first quarter. Talk to me about Usman Jang's game uh, really quickly. I'll break down his stat line. He ended up with 22 points. Uh, he was only three short of Chet for the leading score for the Thunderton nine rebounds, six assists. And of course my uh, NBA app is freaking out. So I'm able to scroll. One steal. There it is. One steal and only I was gonna look at turnovers. Only one turnover, which is one turnover, yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Um super efficient. Like he he had two really bad games to start summer league in, in Salt Lake, um, from an efficiency standpoint. Although I think a lot of his shots were good looks, but more recently, like this is the second game in the last four or maybe last three that he's played where he only missed two shots, I believe. Hit that game where he was like 10 for 10 and ended up like 11 of 13 or something. Um, tonight he was nine of 11, three of four from three. Um, as as impressive as the stat lines have been over the past few games, I don't even really care. Like he could have been two of 11 tonight, but the looks he was getting and the the method in which he was getting them is all I needed to see. Like I, I don't care yes. if the shot goes in. Like and it's summer league. Like that, that's the reality. Um, so, his go ahead. Oh, I was just going to mention, like, I, I love that you mentioned that there because the, the two that really, the two possessions that really stand out to me, Nick, are things that we haven't seen much of much at all from Moose. Like, I'm, I'm thinking even back, like, when we were quote unquote scouting him, uh, aka watching YouTube highlights of him back in the NBL, like, he had two possessions there in the fourth quarter where he's going ISO between the legs, crossover. Uh, self-creation step back threes and drains both of them and i think that's just like the epitome of what you just described there so i'm curious uh, your thoughts on those two possessions but maybe maybe even some others that stood out to you yeah i mean th- those two were impressive um i would say probably not the most impressive to me I-, I would say the most impressive i mean the the first quarter dunk just like what the heck dude um but there was two or three where it was either transition or half court sets and he would um try to drive past his defender. And although he couldn't blow by fully and like get the defender on his hip and get past him, he didn't try to like do this cute fade away or try to float it up over him. There's a couple of plays where he, he got into his guy and floated in the air, had tremendous body control and, and finished. It wasn't like a powerful finish and he, it was more of a straight up, but he kind of floated, let his guy drift past and then the touch you could see it and that's that's something that like even a Lou Dort struggles with like he is a powerful driver when he gets to the rim there's this element of like not being able to slow down and finish with touch and ooze I would have been fine with like show the aggression get to the rim miss the layup like the touch can come later like it's there's levels to this 
but his ability to not only be aggressive and physical and get to the rim and, and finish over a defender, but also have the touch to actually finish the shot and make it. That was most impressive to me. Like the, the step back threes, the sidestep threes, the mid range stuff, the dunk. Great. But for me, it's like the, I think there was three of them where they looked kind of similar um, where he would go in and get into his guy and, and finish over him with touch, but also power. It was, it was just impressive. Like that's stuff that we did not see from him at all last year. Agree. Or even throughout the summer league, I, like you mentioned, it, it seems like he's getting more comfortable with the speed of the game, certainly, but also just being able to utilize his size efficiently. And I think that's key. Like, just like you mentioned, and then at his size, I mean, and almost, I mean, literally almost seven foot to be able to just stop on a dime like that, like you mentioned, rather than trying to like just bully his way through, like he's, he's utilizing his, his size finally, uh, with these defenders and trying to pass them, like you mentioned, but then he's able to just like stop on a dime and pull up with a floater with soft touch and be able to make those finishes was fantastic. And then you see what, you know, uh, the way Twitter was describing it, the Paul George, like uh, crossovers, uh, step back threes that he had there in the fourth quarter, like the confidence is just oozing. No pun intended. Yeah. Which was, it's fantastic. And then seeing him be able to utilize that size on both ends of the floor, I think it's really really impressive. I was going to, at this point, uh, I'm trying to scroll through all of our Slack comments because I thought Jacob had a really good point uh, for us to mention. Oh, I'll, I'll talk about news. that. Um, it, it was interesting on the defensive end. This is like a big picture thing, not about who specifically, but um, we talk about positionless basketball. I think a lot of people think about the offensive side of the ball where um, you've got Jay Will and Chet and it's like, they're both in the front court. Who cares? Who's the four? Who's the five? Uh, defensively, the, it was interesting tonight, and Jacob mentioned this, where you had Jay Will, Chet, and Oos on the floor, where although Oos is taller than Jay Will, like he was probably the, the traditional three in that situation, Chet and Jay Will were the four or five, but you saw Chet guard a perimeter player. You saw Jay Will and Oos guarding the two front court, like the, the, the two bigs, and I think that speaks to both Oos and Chet. Like Chet, there was a play that stuck out to me um, and it didn't actually end up being anything. It was it was just kind of a a random play that if you weren't looking for it, you wouldn't have seen it. But there was like congestion at half court, and the big that Chet was guarding um, trailed left, and the guard that was in the congestion trailed right. And instead of like Chet and whoever it was that was guarding the guard, like freaking out and like trying to figure out who to go on who, Chet just jumps to the guard, tells the other guy, "Hey, take him. I got the guard." I think that speaks to the positionless nature of the entire roster, but Chet was like, I'm comfortable guarding this six foot quick guard. And in Usa's case, guarding a big, we forget he's 6'10. He kind of plays like yeah. a, an off ball guard wing. Like with that length and increased that's, strength. That's the interesting thing the is is a lot of these lineups they're gonna play even this upcoming year, you could say the same about Josh and, and Dub and some other guys, like just because Chet's the tallest guy on the floor or Oos is the second tallest guy. Like, it doesn't mean they're going to be guarding bigs or or guards, and it's going to change every possession. You can switch, and you can throw things off because depending on how an opposing offensive player is is getting his shots, you can make those adjustments pretty easily. And it's, it's just impressive to see, especially in summer league. I think that's spot on, and uh, I think you, you covered that very well, which is a perfect transition to – the next point I have, but honestly, probably the biggest point of the night, which especially for Thunder fans, is Chet just looked fantastic on both ends of the floor. But uh, primarily, uh, not even primarily, I just read off the stat line really quick. 25 points, 9 rebounds, 2 assists, and of course, the NBA app is uh, freaking out 5 blocks, which is just absurd. <laughs> he uh, he is flirting with a triple-double with blocks rather than assists, which is just wild. All that on 15 field goal attempts, uh, nine field goal makes, extremely efficient from the floor, 60%. And he did have four turnovers, but honestly, that's quite a bit better than what we've seen overall. And like I said, Nick, like you take into consideration his impact on both ends of the floor, I thought this was the best game we've seen from Chet all of summer league. He just seems much more in control. Um, it seems like the game is slowing down for him. And I, I just was extremely impressed. So I'm not sure which side of the ball you want to start with. But we have a lot to break down when it comes to Chet's game tonight. Yeah, uh, I would I would almost say maybe the best game of his career at the NBA level. Like the, yeah. the initial Between Utah the two game summer leagues. was even like last year. 
like that first Utah game, his debut last year in Utah was super impressive. Um, but it was, I, I think a little bit was of it was overhyped because we hadn't seen it before and it was super flashy and he, he had a bunch of different like shot varieties and, and such, and, and he had four or five blocks, but this game felt more complete, I guess. Um, I think the, and I won't go offense or defense. I'll let you kind of drive the car from there. But the first point I'd make is like the plays he made tonight stick out in terms of how unique he is. Like the ones that I think of are like blocking three point shots. Like we think of him as a rim protector, but he can also go out and and defend um, not only block shots, but deter shots. Um, the catch and backwards dunk where it was just like effortless like straight possessions of those which it was it was like wild and it's like you could argue like yeah he's tall he should be able to do that but but the the fluidity in which it was just like a catch and boom it's that's that's rare because a lot of guys would catch and turn and maybe get blocked or or lose sight of the rim but that that's that's just super unique and then um the three-point shots weren't going in at a high clip tonight he's over two from three but um his ability to take those and, and the pump fake that is always effective. Um, his ability to, to knock down threes, although his numbers haven't been good. That initial long it. first step. Like yeah, it, it's, it's so interesting compared to that to like, we, we've talked a lot about this this past week, Nick, like uh, Eamon Thompson, Scoot Henderson, the two that we got to see it granted only one game of each, unfortunately due to uh, thankfully minor injuries, but like those are two just of the most elite uh, athletic first steps that you'll see chest is so different because it's, it's so um, obviously a much longer first step, but he also like to your point, uses those hesitation moves to get to finish off balance and is able to take them off the dribble. And the fact that he is a threat from outside, like you mentioned that, that pump fake uh, and also, you know, that crossover to be like, he could easily go into that crossover, step back and pull from three to create that separation. Um, like the defenders really don't know what he's going to do. Uh, I like that a lot uh, that you mentioned that. And just his efficiency tonight was incredibly impressive on the offensive end of the floor, just making the right reads, uh, moving off ball, playing so well with a, honestly, a lineup. Uh, we saw a lot of this lineup. And and again, you could even remove Jared Butler from this and like insert, um, I just went blank on uh, Keontae Johnson. Sorry. Like that is a legitimate lineup a legitimate five-man lineup that we could see this season through certain points, especially throughout the quote-unquote dog days of the NBA summer. I thought Chet just fit in seamlessly and was able to impact the game at such a high level. Uh, but we talked a lot about the offensive end of the floor for him. Defensively, he just continues to be incredibly impressive when it comes to shot blocking, uh, his ability to anticipate uh, shots and be able to go there and, and contest shots. And obviously, you know, we've talked so much about this as well over the past week while we were there in person in summer league, but his ability to just deter shots. Like he had, what was it? I can't even remember what I said, how many blocks he had. I think it was five blocks mm -hmm. and um, like easily could have had so much more, but deterred so many different shots at the rim. And it just shows you his capability uh, of being able to play alongside like a quote unquote Jay will or whoever else is playing at center or him as a actual, you know, quote unquote five uh, playing that center role for the thunder in terms, you know, on defense. So incredibly impressive game from Chet. Anything you want to touch on there defensively that you saw that I, that I missed? It's just like make the, the IQ for him is, is special. Like the, the way he plays angles. And I, I think at the surface, when you think of rim protection, like it's, he sits back there and just uses his length and, and timing to, to block shots but a lot of what he does is we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Trophies like the Don- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus help side or, or, or coming from the weak side and, and blocking a guy or coming from the, the, um, the free throw line, like the Jairus Walker block, um, just super smart uses his angles the right way. And then offensively going back to the, like the pump fake, he does have that long step. I don't know how to like articulate this on a podcast, but when he gets the, the defender, not even to jump, but to like shift their weight towards him, he's really good about using that long step and like putting if he's going to drive left, he puts his right foot on the outside of the defender's right foot. And once he has the guy coming forward and he's got his foot in that position, it's like physically impossible for him to recover because he is, he is gained the ground. He's in the defender. Like, the it, at at that point, you've got a good point. So really, it's really just, it's point. just, it's the little things like you watch the game. A lot of his plays are flashy, but like to get the flashy play, he does the he little things the that right are so position. smart to, to do it. And it, I think that goes unnoticed a lot of times, but it's like, you can see it with him. There, there's, there's a reason when they say this guy is so skilled at his size, it's not just because he can like shoot the ball or he's, he's super tall and can block. It, there is, there's so much more to it. Dare I say that maybe gives him the advantage over a player like women in Yama uh, compared to what we saw granted against so many different factors. He's been playing all summer and then we saw women in Yama for like two games and he's doing all these different uh, media obligations and etc. The Britney Spears fiasco, etc, etc, etc. Wimby's going to be fantastic. But you see why a year of, you know, quote unquote red shirt for Chet maybe gives him an advantage over women in Yama. Uh, for the reasons you mentioned, uh, being able to put himself in the right position, for example. like I, I just I love that you brought that up, Nick. That was really good. Let's go ahead and move on here to the next uh, bullet point I have, which is Keontae Johnson. Second straight game where I just felt like he looks like an NBA player. And we've talked a lot about Keontae uh, on the podcast, even while we were together in Summer League off the podcast. Obviously very experienced. Played with uh, Florida there before his, his uh, health incident. Thank goodness he's okay everything's all right he was cleared transfers to kansas state had a great fifth year you know fifth senior year with kansas state and it's translated almost immediately uh, here in summer league i think he's going to be incredibly impactful for the thunder he ends tonight with uh, in 26 minutes he had 18 points he had three rebounds um one steal plus two on the floor. I'm just like trying to scroll through this. I switched over to ESPN because NBA stats was just very annoying. Um, but regardless, I think Keontae continues to impact the game at a very high level for the Thunder. And it's just another one of those like of the Kendrick Williams, the Lou Dortz, the Aaron Wiggins, who just is hustling, making the right play on the floor, making things happen. And I thought when he was in there, instead of, and I don't mean to like poo-poo on a guy like Jared Butler, but when he was in that lineup with the Kaysen Wallaces, Jay Wills, Chet Holmgrims, Usman James, I thought that was just like an extremely fun and an actual NBA lineup. So yeah. all that being said, give me your thoughts on Keontae Johnson's game tonight and maybe what you've just seen from him uh, overall in summer league. Uh, my first thought is don't poo-poo on Jared Butler. That would be, <laughs> that would be, that would be a bad thing to do, Taylor. Uh, <laughs> I think 
uh, Keontae does embody some of the traits of the guys you mentioned, like a, a Kenrich and a Lou and some of these guys that are like underrated coming in. Um, but I do think there's there's an element to his game, and I'm not saying he he will be or is better than any of the guys you mentioned, but um, like he's he's a real shot maker. Like I, he's not a like a Nick Smith type of prospect where it's like you could see him lead a team in scoring someday. But like like he he can create a little bit for himself and make tough shots. Like do I think he'll get like some of the looks he took tonight? Will he will he get those on a regular basis in the NBA? Probably not. Like he's going to be asked to to take rhythm shots and um within the flow of the offense score his points that way in the g league it's a different story but like he 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 can create and take some some pretty uh high level shots um in range is like incredibly impressive very nice um i think the other thing to consider is like before his his unfortunate collapse on the court there that that third year at florida he was a preseason sec player of the year he was a projected first round pick in like the preseason mock drafts. Um, he was averaging ab- absurd numbers in like the three games leading up to that that unfortunate in- like incident. Like while he has had a unique journey to get to this point, and he was taken 50th overall, and there was a number of reasons um, that he may have fallen. Like he has first round talent, although he is a bit older. Um, I think people get. Uh, knocked for that a bit more than they should like he i think that longer term he could be super impactful in a lot of ways that may not translate immediately because of role but in two to three years i think he could be a really valuable role player um, I, I agree with everything that you said there except uh, here in two to three like i i think he could contribute immediately Uh, i'm not saying necessarily like he's going to score a ton of points or anything like that but i just see him doing the things uh, like i mentioned when i compared him to some of those other players on the the thunder roster that this thunder coaching staff and uh, even this thunder organization is really going to like like it's so interesting because of the roster crunch which is another podcast for another time we'll have plenty of time to cover that this offseason but it's just fascinating to me because you have guys like keontae johnson and um and, and many others right i think can have a real shot to actually like get regular NBA minutes due to the things that they do on the court that matches this Thunder organization so well. Uh, now I'm going to shut up here because we have two more points and we have so many uh, Twitter comment or t- Twitter questions that we got and comments here in the live stream that we really appreciate. Uh, so Nick, I just want to get your, your quick thoughts here on these last two points. I mentioned Jared Butler. He can hoop. But my question is, is it with OKC? And the reason I mentioned that is because he put up some great stats tonight. Uh, he's played really well for the Thunder, even with that two-way there at the end of the season. But it was very much Jared Butler time in his mind when you have Jer- when you have Chet posting up, right? Like uh, looking for the ball and, and he's going and, and he ends up getting an and one. That's great. But maybe he should have been passing that ball. Uh, it's kind of yeah, just some things that, that popped up in my head when I was watching him tonight. Give me your thoughts on Jared Butler's uh, summer league and his game tonight maybe his long-term outlook with the thunder. Yeah. I mean, as, as much as he probably should have passed a few times, had seven assists. So like it's, it's, there's more than just scoring to his game. He, he is a bit undersized. He took a lot of shots tonight and, and some other nights. Um, it is summer league. He's fighting for a job. Um, do I think that him scoring the ball is going to get him a job? Probably not as much as like, a high assist game or, or good defense, but nonetheless, uh, I could totally see him getting a two way in Oklahoma city. So to answer your question, like, yes, I think there's a good chance it's in Oklahoma city. If he doesn't get one in the OKC, I think he will get one elsewhere. Uh, that said, like, I don't think guard is necessarily what Oklahoma city needs a lot of, if I was the thunder knowing Keontae's already on a two way and he's a guard, uh, maybe go for like a forward or a, like a Moses Brown type big that can come in and give you some minutes here and there. Um, so I'm like, he's been, he's been really good. Like he's a, he's a legit shot maker. He can score in bunches. He's shown passing upside. Um, he's a, he's a championship pedigree type of guy from his days back at Baylor. Like I, I like him as a player. Like, do I think he'll ever be in the rotation regularly? Probably not. Um, but those are the kind of guys that you want in two way spots, even if guards, not what you need. Like I, if, if I were a betting man and I was in Vegas and it said, 
will Keontae or will uh, Jared Butler be on a two-way in Oklahoma City next season? I'd probably say yes. I think that's it is extremely fair, especially given the the third two-way contract that teams are granted this year with the new CBA. Last one here, Nick, Kaysen and Jay Will. Uh, they reinforce their fit with the Federation of the Thunder. What I mean by that, stats weren't fancy. Uh, it, it was almost kind of, I don't know, ironic seeing Kaysen in the lead point guard role and kind of comparing that to like comp- comparing his first game with the Thunder to his first part of his career with Kentucky, or sorry, his first, uh, his, his uh, rookie freshman season with Kentucky and how well he performed. And then comparing that to like tonight's game where he was the lead guard, didn't have the flashy stats, but performed really well. And kind of comparing that to the latter part of his, uh, his freshman year with Kentucky. Curious your thoughts on both Kaysen and Jay Will. And even though they didn't have the flashy stats, how, each of them played can translate to the situation of the thunder moving forward. Yeah. I mean, I think both of them are uh, rotation guys from day one in Oklahoma city and on opening night. Um, And I think they're both perfect because you have Josh who I think could average 20 a game this year. If he, if he gets the right amount of shots Um, you have dub kind of the same story. Like he's, he's a guy that can score the ball at a high level. Shea obviously was top five in scoring last year. Chet, we saw tonight 25 points um, like like Kaysen and Jay will don't have to score a bunch to be impactful. And that's why they're the perfect guys for this team. Um, that's why someone like a Jared Butler as talented as he is probably doesn't fit what they're trying to do today when it comes to winning games. Cause the scoring's probably not going to be the big issue. It's going to be playing good defense and moving the ball well and good flow on the offensive end and the little things. And that's what those guys do. So keep it short and sweet. Like those two guys just fit with the thunder need in a nine or 10 guy rotation. I think that's spot on. Uh, really excited to see how they fit with the team overall. Again, Chet, especially Usman, especially uh, he's not going, Us isn't going to have the same type of role with this thunder team, but I just hope that there's uh, opportunity for him to, to be able to showcase what he showed tonight because Again, just a ton of potential has me extremely excited. But we aren't the only ones excited, Nick. We had a ton of Twitter questions, had a, a ton of comments here in the chat. Let's go ahead and go through them. Uh, I'll go ahead and start. Uh, we'll go through the some of the Twitter questions we got. And I apologize for those that we don't get to. Again, we're trying to balance both the Twitter questions that we got as well as the, those here in the live stream. So, Nick, uh, we had a Twitter question. Thoughts on Keontae Johnson? Touched on him a little bit. Uh, maybe just kind of reiterate what, what you mentioned. Yeah, I, I think uh, although he's on a two-way, he's a guy that will get minutes at the NBA level this season. Um, he, he's he's just the versatile, switchy, like 6'5", guard-sized guy that can play up a bit, like small ball four in certain situations with the strength. So he just, he, he's a he's a Oklahoma City kind of guy. Yeah, I think that's fair. And then uh, the next one here from the Twitter questions is, will Oos and Trey make the final roster cuts? Yes. I think that's uh, also fair. Um, you think both of them, though, including Trey? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I would find it hard to believe Trey gets cut. I think there's certainly some moves to come. Uh, it's going to be a busy offseason uh, heading into – summer or sorry summer league training camp for the thunder so uh, i'm excited as a thunder fan someone who covers the team because i think we're gonna have a lot of content moving forward now nick who will play more minutes poku or Oos? poku pretty tough question Ooh, I okay i like that yeah no i think i, 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 I think Oos still has a long way to go as good as he's been these last few games it's is is we've talked about it a billion times the he translates the game at a high level you can see his brains working quickly enough his body is trying to catch up I think it's just still going to take some more reps. I think, I think we'll play. Some, I think we'll play on. a bit of G League this year too. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. I think that will be perfect for him, and I think we'll yeah. see great flashes from him with the Thunder team, especially like yeah. I mentioned the dog days of the NBA season. Um, but I, I think that's spot on. Uh, Nick, what are immediate impacts of Kaysen with the second unit for this uh, Thunder team? Uh, I think uh, the plug and play nature of his game. He, he can be the lead guard. We saw that tonight. He ended up with um, five assists tonight. He had like a few stints where it was like back-to-back dimes. So he, he can be that lead guard and be kind of a facilitator. Um, he can be an off-ball off guy. We saw him 
convert on like six of his nine threes in the first game. He's like uh, a 40% shooter in college until the end of the season, but he can also score the ball. Um, at the, it probably not as well as being an off ball guy or facilitator, but he can be a, an offensive um, creator in certain situations. So just like off the bench as your sixth, seventh, eighth man, whatever he ends up being, you can just use him a bunch of ways. I like that. Um, and kind of a, a great summary of the past couple of questions that we have gotten. We're talking about the depth of the Thunder team. Nick, does OKC have 10 players that could start? And I think what this this question is referring to is maybe not just like for the Thunder team in general, but like any given NBA team, or maybe even just like you, you think of like the rebuilding teams over the past couple of seasons. Do the Thunder have 10 players on this roster that could have started for a roster uh, in, in this upcoming NBA season? I think no. I think there's 10 guys that will start games due to injuries and trying things out. And, you know, Mark likes getting creative and, and throwing some different lineups out there, especially early just to see what sticks. And uh, Thunder are big on like their analytics and getting data points on who plays well together. And, and to do that, you have to play certain guys together early on. Um, I think there's probably seven guys that could start for a lot of NBA. I don't think there's more than five that could start on every NBA team, but probably seven that could start on a lot. I think that's spot on as well. Um, this one's pretty, <laughs> pretty oh bold, boy. but I like it. Could OKC have four all-stars and three rookie of the year nominees? No, I think they will have. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Two potential All-Stars. I think they will have one Rookie of the Year nominee. I think they'll have also another All-Rookie Team nominee. But, like, the top of this Rookie of the Year class is freaking stacked. As good as Kaysen will probably be, he's not going to put up the numbers that... He he will impact the game probably as high as as a lot of guys. But numbers-wise, like, even Chet's got a uphill battle to be in the that's what i keep thinking though. like i think it's going to get to the point where like scoot has accounting stats he's leading the pack uh yeah. Wimby's right there but then he's like, got the hype too all the quote-unquote smart nba guys are talking about well what about chet because his uh his plus whatever per 36 possessions or 100 possessions like it, it's so great when he's on the court thunder so many you know Etc. Etc. I I think that's spot on. Uh, we have four more here. Then I'll let you go through the comments. You can throw them at me. Uh, we'll switch up and then we'll get out of here. Uh, so the next one from Twitter is who has been more impressive, uh, Keontae or Kaysen for you in summer league, Nick? Um, I mean Kaysen relative to expectation has probably exceeded a bit more. Like I, I said this before summer league started in Vegas that like don't expect Kaysen to put up flashy numbers. It's just not, not his game. Although the first game he came out and was like, you know what, I'm going to make six threes. <laughs> uh, but, but like holistically, I kind of expected these types of performances from him. Um, he's going to be a super impactful player and be in the rotation immediately for this Thunder team. But I don't expect like, like I would frankly expect a lot of 4.5 assists, five rebound games and a couple steals from, someone like case in the regular season Keontae, while his counting stats have been better um he's not going to have the opportunity to do what he's doing at the next level i think that's fair but like i said i think there will there will be flashes we see from yeah. case in this season or sorry not case uh, obviously case but uh, Keontae this season that like people are like oh my gosh 
when's he going to be converted to a full contract? And it's like, well, Thunder's pretty full considering they're yeah. giving one through 18. Uh, if you include the three two-way players <laughs> getting some playing time and contributions with this roster. So yeah. uh, two more questions here, Nick. Will OKC be a top five defense? Mm. It's a good question. I, I totally get it. That might seem a little aggressive. But I can it's hard see to it do. Maybe. It's really hard yeah. to do. Yeah. Um, as good as Chet is, and we're going to talk a lot more this season about what he does well and not what he does bad, just the nature of the way we think um, there will be some games where like he will look lost or he will be outmatched physically. Like that's, it's going to happen. Um, I'd say they end up, I mean, the last two seasons it's been like right around 10, 11 and you could argue they've added a bunch of defensive pieces, but the pieces they've added are young. So like uh, if I were to guess it would be like they finish eighth, ninth, 10th kind of frame in defensive rating this season if that's how Which we're i would be these. ecstatic about so i, yeah, I and, and honestly i think that's extremely realistic like the uh, uh what you just proposed there i think that's very realistic and i think that's extremely exciting for a, a, t- if you're a thunder fan last one here uh we had a twitter follower ask if check could be in the defensive player of the year conversation i'm not saying is he necessarily defensive player of the year could he potentially finish top five uh his rookie year I don't think obviously this being his rookie year. Like I, I could see him getting like I could, I could see him being on, like getting a vote. Like they they tweet like, out the top five and then they show like other vote getters. Like Dort gets votes, right? I think two of the last three years he's gotten votes, um, and like I could see Chet getting votes for all defense team. Um, I like wonder, guess, okay, so I just to interject because I think this is fun. I'm with you there in terms of Depoy, but. Is there a chance, especially given um, where the Thunder end up, and like we talk about Chet, how he fits with this Thunder team uh, compared to this Thunder uh, summer league roster, could he finish on one of those, you know, those two uh, defensive player or defensive player, uh, all defense teams? I think that's I, an interesting I don't think question. So. I, th- I think I think he will like. There's a chance he contention. legit blocks two and a half shots a game, but. The people that are voting on this, you hope, watch watch the film, and there's going to be a lot of times that he is bullied or taken advantage of or makes the as smart as he is. Like there's going to be rookie mistakes. You're two and three. Assuming he's healthy, I think it's almost a lock that he's in the conversation for one of those teams. Now but rookie here, it's it's going to be like it's it's an adjustment. We're getting the really excitement is. out of negative Nick as he has uh, been been realism here. Exciting contested. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, Nick, that's all our, our Twitter questions. Obviously, I, I understand we're going a little long here. Uh, so I'm going to let you scroll through the comments because uh, we just have an asinine amount of comments from our listeners because they were just the absolute best. So um, if, if your question yeah. or comment doesn't get featured, please do not be offended. Uh, please keep them coming. Continue to keep them coming here as we uh, are live. But I'm going to let Nick go through, pick some of his favorites. I'll answer those and then we'll uh, go ahead and get out of here. Yeah, I'll do four that stuck out to me. Um, and and if we don't get to it, like keep in mind, once summer league's over, we're gonna go through a long stretch of yeah, like absolutely. We will get to your questions. We'll, we'll have mailbags <laughs> and a whole bunch of stuff. Absolutely. Um, first one, we didn't really get to talk about him. Uh, JRE looking rusty. What are your thoughts yes. on JRE's return post another ankle injury? Great point. Um, I thought when he came in the first quarter, I actually liked some of the things that he brought because he's just quote-unquote fundamental uh, that we talked so much about here over the, the past couple of seasons defensively made some great passes but man i mean when he he got some incredible passes uh sent to him and he just was not able to finish in terms of a dunk in terms of a layup uh, he even got the ball stripped from him a couple of times he definitely looked rusty we need to give him the benefit of the doubt and in the same way that we gave chet the benefit of the doubt but at the same time when you think about the competitiveness of this roster and the, the upcoming roster crunch, I, I don't know. I, and, and also, like, why did the Thunder put him out there tonight after not playing the entire summer league? He's, he's recovering from these injuries. And then, like, okay, we're going to let him play these last two games of summer league. I think it's obvious. I mean, like, and that's how I feel, too. He's got to earn a roster spot. and Earn a roster spot. And I, I can't help but wonder... Um, especially now that the, 
that this last trade has finally gone through. We're finally caught up in terms of trade transaction uh, in comparison to the Woj tweets, for example, the reporting. Um, you know, Ty Ty Washington and Usman Gruber are officially on the Thunder. And I can't help but wonder, and again, a trade may not happen until, you know, training camp or closer to the season. But there could be a reason that Jerry is out there. And there also could be a reason that Trey Mann is not playing right now after playing so well uh, through the first part of Summer League. I'm just going to throw that out there and let that be. I think he's hurt. That's why. But uh, <laughs> that Jerry, finger, man, they'll get you. Jerry, uh, his, his next opportunity to really compete for a roster spot will not be until training camp, which is a, a couple months away. Like, I, I think for him and for the team to evaluate the best path forward, like he needs to get some minutes here. So there. that's, that's my thought. Like under him. Uh, Matt Noonan says Usman is already where we wish Bayes ended up at. What are your thoughts on, uh, I guess, Us relative to Bayes? I think that's uh, fair. They, they're the same archetype of player in regards to the position that they would be playing for the Thunder, that wing position where they could uh, kind of interchangeably play between the three and the four if you want to use you know traditional um, positions there. But Us is just capable of so many different things where Bayes uh, felt like more of a player who's going to play down low. Yes, he could rip the the ball off the rim and, and push it in transition. Us can do the same thing, but Us is a little more creative when it comes to his, his perim- perimeter skills like we saw tonight. Also, his shooting is, is hopefully a lot better. It seems to be a lot better. I think Us has a much higher ceiling than what Bayes even presented when the Thunder drafted him. And so uh, I would give Us the nod there i'm not sure i would necessarily necessarily say he's already where we hoped base would be just because i think it's even though it's, it's positionless basketball i still think it's two kind of different type of players uh, if that makes sense yeah i think Us is a lot more skilled days was uh more ready to contribute by the time he left i mean he's shot 40 percent in oklahoma city before he was traded from three um i think he was more ready than Us is today but i think Us has a, a higher saying longer term uh, David Skelton says, is Poku gone? JRE, Wiggins, are we just going to trade whoever for more picks? What are your thoughts on those three making the roster? Not necessarily. Uh, Poku's absolutely not gone. JRE, potentially. We, we just talked about that. Won't get into more detail there. Uh, Wiggins, not at all, or he would be playing summer league. I think he is a pretty fair lock, or we would be seeing him on the, the court this season. And I, again, I'm a huge fan of Wiggins and a, a huge proponent of keeping him on this roster, even with the roster crunch. Are we just going to trade whoever for picks? Maybe if that's the best uh, available option when it, when it comes to uh, the options that, that Pressy has, but not necessarily. I mean, I again, I think, look, you have to think about the, the agents involved in all these transactions and the communication that happens between agents and players. And like Ty Ty's out there retweeting Thunder players and uh, he just had a, a, a tweet about being excited to be with the OKC. Like, I understand it, it doesn't make sense nor it, that Ty Ty could end up on this roster, right? Given the guards and the the players. Uh, um, also, we didn't really expect case and Wallace to be drafted by the thunder and here we are talking about how great of a fit he could potentially be rather than drafting a forward or a big all that being said don't be surprised if the tight tight does make a roster um Presley is going to just take the best available players and there are going to be some very good players who don't make this roster and are going to go elsewhere and perform very well and that's just you know because the Thunder have drafted extremely well and have a lot of opportunity here. Um, that's a very long-winded answer to say that I don't think Poku's gone. Uh, JRE, maybe, and I think Wiggins is a lock. Uh, and, and they aren't just going to trade players for picks. It's it's always going to be strategic. Well, it could. If, if it was like Ty Ty and Garuba flipping those two for another two seconds, like that wouldn't shock me. Fair. Um, JRE, I don't think, is fetching you any picks, but... Um... But yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Like I, I, I would almost imagine Oklahoma City just lets everybody come to training camp, compete for a bit before making any big decisions. But you never know. We didn't think half the crap they did this offseason was going to happen. So expect the unexpected. Very true. Uh, last one, Caleb McConnell for one of the one of the two available two way spots. Nick, I, I told you as soon as they made that signing, 
the guy from Rutgers. I told you, I was like, I, I he totally fits a Thunder to a spot. Again, I hate to use the same example over and over and over with like Keontae Johnson, but uh, Aaron Wiggins, Lou Dort, um, shoot, even Josh Hustis, even though he didn't like make it long term. Like mm. these are the kind of guys and Caleb McConnell, a Thunder take gambles on here with the two-way contracts. And we've seen him make it an extremely impactful um <laughs> impactful impact on this Thunder team, this Thunder Summer League roster, especially defensively. And it's interesting because like it's not always that the weaknesses and strengths of a prospect show at, when they get into summer league or get into the league their rookie year. But in this case, McConnell's almost spot on. Incredibly, I don't want to say elite, but a, a great defensive prospect. But the offense is a work in progress. Regardless, I, I, I could totally see McConnell getting one of those two ways. Curious your yeah. thoughts. He just he's a uh, a similar player to Dre in the fact that he's I don't know about a liability on offense, but he's never I shouldn't say never. Uh, he does not project to be a very good offensive player, which to a degree, if you can't shoot really limits and in log jams, your offensive sets. Um, but defensively he's, he's really, really good. Like winning back-to-back player of the years in the big 10 defensive player of the year in the big 10 is impressive. Um, I'd, I'd be fine with him on a two way. I don't think he will play any minutes at all in Oklahoma city this upcoming season with the thunder. If he were to be signed to a two way barring injuries, but, um, an intriguing guy to sign. I think I'm with you there. I, I'm not sure I would say he wouldn't play any, uh, just because, like I said, we've seen the dog days of the NBA summer. There's injuries, et cetera, et cetera. But um, and there will, even as, like, we'll, we'll see this Thunder team take a step in, in the right direction in terms of contention, but there will still be some roster exploration done just because of the depth of this roster. So because of that, I could see him getting a little bit of burn. But to your point, he... Yeah, I, I don't see him playing like an Aaron Wiggins role, for example, when he was on a two-way. Really, really great questions. And imagine that, Nick. A Taylor-hosted podcast uh, for a post-game goes 53 minutes. I knew Whoever would have thunk it. Whoever would have thunk it. Uh, poor Nick signed up, knowing exactly what he was going to get, to get into. But honestly, a lot of that is due to the incredible interaction we got on Twitter and social media, as well as here in the live stream. Like, it's a Wednesday night. We're 100-plus in the live stream incredibly grateful for all of you tuning in we aren't done yet obviously we aren't in vegas anymore uh but (laughs) you're talking about summer league at the podcast nick and i are done the podcast in general are not done with our coverage i am not going to make nick stay here until midnight uh talking summer league basketball with me uh but on let's see friday night they play the wizards nick correct me if i'm wrong that's now been moved not necessarily to friday night i guess it's a 3 30 central time Mm -hmm. game Mm -hmm. Um, so we will have you covered for that for the last summer league game. And, and again, I say last, like, <laughs> I'm not even sure. I mean, Thunder have won their handful of summer league games. They might be in the quote unquote playoffs. I know? think, uh, there, there's an off chance. I think there's four. I think now there's three undefeated teams left and four teams go. So they'd have to be, they'd have to win their last one and have a pretty high point differential. I'm like, yeah, point differential. On a I'd tiebreaker. say barring them just blowing out the wizards probably not getting a playoff game but they will get a fifth consolation game on uh saturday or sunday well regardless we obviously uh have been very fortunate to have a lot to break down from this this summer league Uh, a lot of great players playing for the thunder and and a lot of things that can be uh, i think applied to this upcoming season so thank you all again for tuning in for all of your support while we were there live in vegas even here now we are back so till friday night And as always, Thunder Up. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.